It's a little exciting when the children are fighting, but they've got to abide by the playground rules. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back once again for another late night edition of The Rules, uh, or Playground Rules, if you don't know us. Um, but you probably do know us because you're listening. You're do we have any new listeners? If you're new out there, wave your hand. <laughs> my name is Herb, and I'm joined, as always, by the Nate dogs to my Warren G. <laughs> I'll take it. Arik. Hey, man. Arik, do you miss the G-Funk era? I do. I love that song. I was so happy when it played over the uh, when it played over the credits. I agree. I like. I, I listened to the whole thing. I, so I did too. I listened to the entire song. <laughs> That's awesome. And uh, let's not uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. But yeah, that no. was uh, that really really took me back. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yes. Um, we're uh, recording late, uh, both in the sense that it's late at night, and also in the sense that we have gone a little bit more than a week since our last episode. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Sorry, everybody. Yeah, we're sorry. You know, it's tough. It's the summer, and uh, maybe there's not as much urgency, uh, given the fact that it's uh, not the basketball season. Although yeah, the WNBA All-Star game was today. Yeah, I saw that. I don't even remember what's happened since the last time we uh, we talked. In the league, I mean. But we'll get to that, I'm sure. We will. But let's just do a little catch-up. How let's have you been, my friend? Uh, I'm good. I, I mean, I saw you yesterday. So. You did. We yeah. saw a mediocre show. <laughs> it wasn't great <laughs> right like we think we both would agree i think yeah i think i was probably even lower on it than you were uh i'm pretty medium to be honest with you yeah like i okay i was a little less than medium i'd say oh wow yeah okay i mean would that surprise me a little bit you seem like you're having a good time well i mean i was with two of my best friends in the world that always helps. Yeah. I mean, I, I was in, very much enjoying your company, um, uh, my very good friend, and your pretty good friend, uh, Arthi, bought uh, me tickets to the show as a birthday present, and that was, like, super touching, and uh, I, I did enjoy myself. But it was a weird show, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the band we saw last night was The Decemberists, uh, and did. for those listening who may or may not be uh, familiar with them. They're they're a Portland uh, indie rock band who kind of lean heavily into sort of like she sea shanty style songwriting. Is that a fair yeah, description? Yeah, they, they're the kind of music you would kind of think like sort of like very uh, old-timey sea-related sort of piratey, but various sort of... They used to be... I think they used to be more like that than they are now, and to be honest, I... I liked that better. Uh-huh. The the older like I was a, a pretty into them for like a, a like a long time. I mean, uh, I don't remember when their first album came out. Actually, the, uh, like the early two thousands. Yeah, think. and they they were sort of um, they got kind of big for like a hot minute. Like they were they had like songs on shows like How I Met Your Mother and things like that. Um, wow, that's, that's what every band aspires to. Success, <laughs> yeah, but like you know my my era with them is sort of early early 2000s all the way through like 2011 okay. and then uh i have not listened to so they were putting out pretty fairly regular records and then they didn't put out an album for like four years mm-hmm. and 
uh, in that time, I just completely lost uh, lost track of them. And so their last couple albums, I just haven't haven't really heard like sure. at all until uh, last night. And and so yeah, you were like, you want to come to this show? And I'm like, yeah, I, I do. I have a lot of, you know, I was like trying to think if I wanted to go, and I just started playing some of their music, and I was like, oh man, I love this band, like they're really good. And then they only played uh like three songs of, of that I knew. Yeah, there were a handful of times that I could tell you were excited because you sang along with us like three songs in their entirety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know those three songs very, very well. I mean, I didn't do it in like an aggressive way. You know? Oh, no, you weren't obnoxious. I mean, um, you, over the course of the evening, you were obnoxious, but not <laughs> not, not in that respect. <laughs> Just in a standard way. <laughs> yeah, anyway, uh, the show was uh, pretty dull. My problem with it was that I just thought it was like kind of uh, just kind of boring, I guess. Yeah, it was it was weird, though. I mean, it, so here's the thing. It wasn't just that it was kind of boring, which I sadly agree with. There were a lot of elements that were kind of weird. So like the the front man, extremely of the band, long intermission. Well, yeah. So I want to get to that. So the front man of the band said that, uh, whose name is Colin Malloy, said that uh, this was going to be kind of an unusual show for them, mm-hmm. uh, but never elaborated on uh, what that meant, mm-hmm. uh, and never provided any sort of. Uh, um, there was never any. I couldn't tell like what he had been referring to, and then on top of that, he seemed to want to antagonize the crowd, like he was being really. Like aggress, like yeah, borderline aggressive, aggressively, yeah. but almost aggressively, aggressively rude, mm-hmm. like to the people in the audience. Like he was, and I, it, it sort of seemed like maybe he was trying to be funny, but he wasn't really. Nothing he was doing was really landing, and he just kind of was like really annoying everyone. Like he was just kind of like being kind of unnecessary. Like he ref- he kept referring to, uh, we saw this show in Oakland, California, and he kept referring to San Francisco, and like it's just like. You need to figure that out at some point. And and then he was, like, mocking the local sports team, which was fine. But he didn't do it in, like, a, this is fun. I root for a different sports team. He just kind of, like, was, like, even, like, that is something you and I, you know, are, are not fans of the local sports team, right? He was talking yep. about the Warriors. Like, it still wasn't, it, like, didn't come off as cool or, like, or like uh, or like funny at all. It was just kind of, like, random. And then And then he was just, I don't know, like, he kind of, I think he was, like, trying to be funny about this, like, lady he invited up on the stage, but just kind of, kind of, felt like he was like like being rude to her i don't know just the whole thing was really weird the vibe was really weird and then like you said they they played for like i don't know maybe 30 or 40 minutes and then they just went off stage like the show was over and then they didn't come back for like 20 25 minutes and it was it was a while yeah yeah, the lights stayed off a lot of people left like i would say a third of the crowd maybe left or a fourth i don't know some it wasn't clear to people um why they were taking that break and and if it was if they were even coming back, you know, yeah. And then we like, kind of like, hey, we'll be back in a little bit. Stick around. It was just like, no, they're just like, all right, see ya. Yeah. And then there was when they came back, there was no obvious reason why they'd done that. Like the sh- the second half of the show wasn't really any different than the first half of the show, and they weren't like differently dressed. Nothing was different on the stage. They didn't have at least the music wasn't substantially. I mean, it was like not like oh, the first half was all acoustic and this half was all electric. Nothing like that. It was like basically just like a completely inexplicable pause in the middle of the show. Uh, yeah. And then they came back and they played a, a bunch more songs. And then, you know, they did, they did a, a kind of a fun encore. I mean, I thought that was kind of cool. They had like a, they obviously do the same sort of final song, I think probably 
probably every show. And I like that. I, I did enjoy that. Yeah, there's some audience participation, and they had like a giant whale that was cool. But mm-hmm. it was just like a, it was just a weird show. And I mean, they sounded fine. Like they, you know, the music part was was fine. I did, they played mostly newer songs, and I think their new stuff is kind of. How did you put it last night? Sort of generic. I said yeah. I thought it was just insincere. Oh well, that's yeah. So that's the other thing is that like, I think it would be hard to come off sincere when singing like pirate shanties in general. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but that guy <laughs> didn't really help his case much, right? Like, he just seemed like such a, just a dick. <laughs> like, like, I mean, he just was so unlikable on stage that I feel like he didn't, he kind of, like, made his, he, like, would seem more, less sincere. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, uh. It's a weird show. It's just a type of music that I generally don't enjoy. And, um, I think as I explained to you guys last night, like, I, they're a band that definitely a lot of people whose taste in music I really respect are big fans of them. And I thought, yeah. I've never seen these guys before. Uh, you know, I'm always up for trying something new because you never know what is going to kind of like sort of captivate you and become a new favorite band. But uh, this was not <laughs> this was not an example of that. I just sort of like, no, no, there's there's a reason that these guys have never really kind of captured me. Uh, and you know my my taste on music definitely skews a little bit heavier and faster and energetic and and yeah uh, you, they they got a little they 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 dabbled in that direction a little bit and occasionally you were like oh this song's kind of all right but but m- most of their stuff is not is not really I I think so I'm looking at their Wikipedia page right now mm-hmm. and it mentions that uh, one of their videos from uh, like the one of the last album that I really cared about it is a uh, reference to David Foster Wallace's novel, Infinite Jest. And I feel like that's a pretentious, right? Like, I feel like that's a pretty accurate, like, description of them. (laughs) Like, and I, I mean, I read that book. Uh, I uh, enjoyed it. Uh Uh, I do not enjoy most of the people I've met other than me who've read it <laughs> like, uh-huh. and who are like, you know, big fans of that book. <laughs> did you see like, the uh, movie you know, uh, with uh, I did. Jason Siegel as a, uh, you did, did not? I know I did. I did. I yeah. thought it was really good. I liked it. Um, I also really enjoyed it uh, that, you know, it, it, it both like reconfirmed and sort of like, like I, I don't know. I have like an interesting relationship with, with, with David Foster Wallace's work in general, which is, I think, he's not the only artist where I feel this way where like I kind of alluded to like I really enjoy his art uh, Mm -hmm. but I don't love the community around it yeah that's that that makes sense yeah so uh yeah I don't know I the I was really nice to see you and um and our mutual friend and you can uh, say her name it's okay yeah yeah in fact she would like appreciate it right probably really nice to see Arthi uh who is a just a wonderful person and it was so nice to spend the time with you all but uh and and i mean i didn't hate the show like there were some nice moments but it was all overall pretty pretty much a pretty big letdown yeah yeah um you know i saw three shows last week uh culminating one uh i saw the melvins oh that was excellent then i saw steve malkmus and that was excellent that's right and then yeah. I saw, uh, with you and, and a bunch of our friends, I saw My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody Valentine, yeah, which is a much was, better show. Yeah, much, much better than the, the Decemberists. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, live music, you know, it's, it's it's important, I think, to take chances and see things that you don't necessarily know that you're going to like. Uh, 
sometimes you're surprised, you know? I saw Murphy's Law and Sick of It All a couple weeks ago. Um, one band I've never really liked, One the other one I didn't, haven't really enjoyed since middle school, and I thought, ah, oh, what the heck, I'll go check it out. And I actually had a ton of fun, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I, I think it's it's good to have that kind of attitude towards live music. And it just sometimes, you know, when you take a lot of chances, uh, sometimes they don't pay off, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you just catch the band on the wrong night. I mean, I really do wonder, uh, if that's always what they're like and if they're not, what are they usually like? You know what I mean? Like, and I mean, if they had done a set, there is a set they could have done that I would have, I don't know that you would have liked it more, but Mm -hmm. I would have liked it more. Mm -hmm. And I would probably be today be, be going like, ah, how did you not, like that that's so great you know oh man but this was not that set this was just like the the least interesting set of theirs i could imagine even when they played songs that i know and like they still played like the most obvious ones hmm. so just not it was just not great well <laughs> oh well yeah uh these things happen that's true anything anything else uh, in the last couple of weeks you want to talk about uh, has it really been weeks? Uh, I guess it's been like a week and a half. Okay. Uh, that, well, is there anything else I want to talk about? Um, I don't know. Like, I've just, uh, I'm going to see my uncle tomorrow. I'm pretty excited about that. Cool. And my aunt. And my aunt. I don't want to. Where, where are they, uh, where do they live? They don't, they live like kind of, they're never really in one place. They both, both their jobs, they're like always oh, or like traveling and stuff, but, um. They're no they, yeah, kind of. They, I technically, I guess they live in L.A. and New Orleans, but um, I never see them. Like I, I, other than, I mean, you you met my uncle maybe at the wedding, but other than that, like I I hadn't seen them him in a really long time, and I hadn't seen my aunt in many years, and so like it's just really rare in there. So they're uh, going to a wedding in Carmel, so we're going to meet them in Capitola. Cool, man. Yeah, that's great. It's about halfway, but did you know Capitola was about halfway between here and Carmel? I did not know that. Yeah, that's... I, I now know that. I guess interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. I want to remind the folks out there that it is very light, <laughs> and I am quite tired. Uh, how do you want to do this? Do we? Do you want to do the? Do well, we, what order do you want to do things in? Well, last time we did the movie at the end, right? Yeah. So let's do that again. Okay. What uh, do we have? Do you have other things you want to talk about? Oh my god! Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm just. That was my intro to you doing it. Okay. Well. Uh, Let's start with the big offering story. you the table. Start with the big story. Um, all the hot breaking news from the playground rules. Uh, <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Oh <laughs> my god! Wait, hold on. Have we not podcasted since then? No. How did I forget that? Yeah. I was like, man, there's nothing to talk about, and you're like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I literally had forgotten that we hadn't done a show since that happened. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's that's the big story. Um, that well, yeah. <laughs> that's, holy moly! I'm wow. Okay, I knew it was late, but whew, it is late. I'm saying. <laughs> so, Kawhi Leonard of yeah. the San Antonio San, San Antonio Spurs. Uh, I've heard of him. D- disgruntled member of that team, uh, basically uh, held himself out for most of the season. I think he played nine games somewhere in the middle. Um, uh, yeah, something went really, really sour, and uh, basically San Antonio decided to just kind of start over, um, and they traded him for uh, DeMar DeRozan and uh, Jakob Pertl, 
Um, and I think they're getting... They're getting a Raptors pick, or the Raptors getting San Antonio pick? I can't remember. Uh, the... San Antonio is getting a Raptors pick, but it's a pretty like heavily protected one. Yeah, I think. but I mean, I'm sure they'll draft some amazing uh, player that everyone else sleeps on. It's um, entirely possible. They're pretty good at that. Yeah. So this is interesting. Um, I feel like San Antonio did pretty well. Uh, Demar Derozan is is a really great player. Um. There's obviously, like, fit questions uh, in that system. Um, but, uh, I mean, they got, you know, they got an all-star for an all-star. Uh, obviously, Kawhi Leonard is better than DeMar DeRozan. But uh, we don't really at, know. At, at what, peak. At peak, exactly. Yeah. We don't really know what we're going to get from Kawhi Leonard going forward. Um, so I think I think it's a pretty good move on San Antonio's part. Uh, I, I, I'm kind of surprised that Toronto took such a huge risk. Um, to me, it seems like, I don't know. I I would have been really wary of, of trading for Kawhi Leonard for a number of reasons. You know, his stated intention to play in Los Angeles, um, first and foremost, but also, you know, the his behavior over the past season – uh, would really give me pause. Um, he has uh, now, you know, he did that, like, he released a photo um, of him, I think, in a shirt or something that said Toronto. Uh, I think he was with, like, Masai Ujiri or, or maybe it was with the coach or something. Um, so he's he's doing all the right stuff right now. But, I mean, man, what a, uh, what a huge, huge gamble. Um what do you think? Uh, did you mention that Danny Green also was in this trade? No, I didn't. Danny Green is also in the trade. Danny Green, pretty good player. Pretty good player, yeah. Uh, so I do feel like I feel like this was a great trade for uh, the Raptors mm-hmm. uh, because they be, because they had decided that you know that that the team needed to be. Um, mix up anyway and because they didn't want to pay uh DeRozan what he was gonna need to be paid I mean he's he's a very good player uh I think he'll be even better in San Antonio um and uh, and it's not a slight to him it's just that the team needed to be mixed up right they've I mean I know he claimed that they only lost to one to one other team in the or one guy in the playoffs for the last <laughs> yeah. whatever years, but they lost every year and they lost in a sweep this past year after winning the most games in franchise history. Like they they were just they they couldn't keep bringing back the same team. And so if you're going to move on anyway, uh, I mean the thing about trading a player, uh, imagine that Kawhi Leonard was wasn't even an, an option. You're, okay. just, you're just the Toronto Raptors. You're going to trade DeRozan. Like even just getting back equivalent value for DeRozan is. Un, unusual uh in this sure. league yeah, yeah. right like you usually get uh some sort of like maybe at best you get four what how do they put four four quarters on the dollar. dollar yeah yeah and and so it's like to get uh danny green who's an excellent player and to get more importantly to get Kawhi leonard even if it's a a rental for one year um even if he never plays there to be honest with you it's probably still uh better than than most trades you're going to get for a player of DeRozan's stature. Like it's, it's just, and if it, and if it works out, I mean, it's a sort of, um, 
like a high floor, high ceiling kind of thing. Like, yeah, the 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 ceiling is actually you know the ceiling is sort of stratos stratospheric. Right? I mean, if they get Kawhi from two years ago, they're like a championship contender. Yeah, yeah. if they get yeah. peak Kawhi, they they're at least the first or second best team in the East, and and, and would probably still lose to the Warriors. But and if he resigns, then it, if he resigns and he's that good, it becomes like one of the Great, one of the greatest trades moves. in NBA yeah. history, and exactly. Masai Ujiri is is a hero. It's it'll yeah. be the move that defines his legacy. Yeah, and the thing is, if he if he doesn't, if he either either if he's not that guy anymore, or if he leaves, or even I think really even if he never really plays there, which I think he will, but mm-hmm. um, it it almost it's still a good. It's not you know it's not a legacy defining trade, but it's still a pretty good trade because what else How? are they gonna do like i i mean i don't know i just feel like what other trade out there was you know what was better out there i i i think the gamble is is worth it and i mean there's no as we just saw with with paul george but also just in you know some people are like oh you're recency biased with the paul george thing i'm not saying this is paul george i'm just saying as we see over and over again uh assuming you know what's going to happen in the future is uh almost always a mistake right like Kawhi might uh play there one year and then go to the Lakers. And even if they do that, maybe they do a sign in trade and get something from the Lakers, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe he goes for nothing and they just got him for one year and maybe they make the finals or maybe they make the conference finals again or whatever, you know? But I, I just feel like it's not, they didn't give up. It's not like the Raptors were like, Oh, we love our team and we'll bring it back. But Oh, there's this opportunity to get this other guy. Like, I think they, they were like, we need to change this team. And, uh, and then they took a risk because this is a league where, you know, Nobody, I mean, nobody wins championships, right? We mm-hmm. just saw it with, um, uh, oh man, I was reading, oh, with Jimmy Butler and the Bulls, right? Like mm-hmm. they, they didn't want to pay him, and now they're doing another mini reboot. Every team is rebooting. <laughs> you know, every team is reloading. Most, every team's in a rebuild. I think, what's, I think what's different about this from most of these kind of situations is that both teams are trying to stay at the level of competitiveness that they are that they were prior prior to the trade um uh, see, know, i would a, disagree with that statement actually i would say that that san antonio is trying to stay at the same level they were at they're trying to uh move on from a disgruntled superstar something that has never really worked out well for any team ever mm-hmm. uh, while remaining relevant during a time period where if popovich was 10 years younger they might be wanting to do one of those stupid rebuilds right mm-hmm I don't think that's what Toronto's doing. I think Toronto's actually saying, we're, we're really close. What can we do to get us to the next level? Hmm. I think Toronto's actually going all in on their team. Yeah, maybe you're right. It just feels, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's, it's interesting to hear your perspective uh, because I, I certainly, my, you know, there's, we're so late to the party with this discussion. This thing has <laughs> totally. been analyzed to death. Yeah, but my, multiple times. People are on second, third runaround. Yeah, I know. <laughs> my, my first reaction was was that this is a really bad move for Toronto. It's a huge risk that I don't see paying off. But yeah, you know, the more the more I ah, man, I don't know. It's With, no. Listen, it just it it's just like uh, it might not pay off, right? I am not suggesting that it's going to pay off. Yeah, I'm suggesting that that doesn't really matter that much. 
there was nothing else they were going to do that I know of that would have a better chance. And bringing the team back again just wasn't going to be an option. Sure. So it's just like, well, but what? why not? They, because they just did that. That's what they did last year. But LeBron left the conference. Yeah, but it's not just LeBron. DeMar DeRozan has been bad in every playoffs. Like, and not just against LeBron. The team has been, I mean, to be honest with you, so has Kyle Lowry. They're just not, they just have not, they have underachieved for years. And yeah, they switched coaches. But, I mean, don't don't you have to at some point try something new? If there was ever a year where where it would, I mean, they ran it back last year. The are going to be great. Yeah, maybe. But who knows? Maybe Gordon Hayward isn't the same player, you know? Maybe Kyrie. Gordon Hayward's very likely to be the same player, right? Like, the, the, that particular injury is not likely to. My understanding, at least, is that's not a, like, you need to worry about this yeah. kind of injury. Yeah. Well, like, I guess we'll see. Not, it's not a DeMarcus Cousins situation. <laughs> Does this make you feel any differently about the Spurs or the Raptors as far as your interest in watching them or, or how you root for them? I obviously uh, never can root for the Raptors because they're a, a division rival of the team that I root for, but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing what happens there. I'm also extremely excited to see what happens in San Antonio. I think it's going to be really interesting to see a player of DeRozan's uh, caliber uh, pl- under a guy like Pop. That's something I really look forward to. Yeah, I mean, I'm really interested to see, like you said, how both sides play out um but i wouldn't say it specifically changes my i think i'm equivalent I'm, i don't know maybe i'm a little more interested in both teams just because it is something new mm-hmm. uh and because there's been so much sort of chatter about it and like we're uh, you know curious like exactly like you said how's DeRozan's defense going to be is it going to improve um are they really going to shoot that many mid-range jump shots in san antonio <laughs> what does Kawhi look like uh you know i actually think danny green's going to be really good for them uh, what's what does Perdola does he move, move the, the needle, needle at all? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, so I'm 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 very I don't know. This has been a really I mean you know ever since the la- last couple of years ever since these a combination of the shorter contracts and the super max being really terrifying to teams mm-hmm. we're seeing like a lot of player movement mm-hmm. which. Uh, it kind of doesn't matter. <laughs> like it's kind of one of those things where it's like happening. It's kind of unfortunate that it's happening in an era. Like it'd be really cool if this was happening in an era where um, there where was there's any more... chance of <laughs> yeah, yeah. When when it was one of those eras where it's like, well, this is kind of wide open right now for whatever that's worth in the NBA, which only really only means like you know six teams have a chance. But like when when we're in a situation like right now where it's like literally it feels like one team has a chance. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I think I was listening to Simmons or whatever like. Every team that was even, I mean, other than the, every team in the West got worse. <laughs> so that was close to the, to the, yeah, um, I don't, I, that, yeah, State. that's in, in the hunt, so to speak. Yeah, the top couple, true. not, not every yeah. team in the West, but like the Rockets got worse. The uh, Blazers got worse. The mm-hmm. uh, Blazers got worse sort of by attrition. Like they just didn't, they didn't, they lost like Ed Davis and a couple small pieces, but they didn't. What about the Jazz? Worse. The, the the jazz were not really. I'm, I was talking about like the top four seed. What seed were the jazz last year? Actually, they might have been four. The jazz the jazz actually are are the interesting one. I think the jazz got better, mm-hmm. um, but like and the Lakers obviously got a lot better, but they weren't they weren't <laughs> irrelevant last year. Yeah. Um, but the Rockets. I mean, the only team that anyone thought last year had a real chance of unseating Golden State, they got worse. Yeah. And Golden State got better. 
uh, or at least at the very worst, Golden State is exactly as good as they were, mm-hmm. uh, and they may have gotten a lot better, mm-hmm. right? Depending on what's going to happen with uh, with Demarcus Cousins. So it's like, it's just like, I mean, in the East, a bunch of teams uh, are going to are should be a lot better, but I don't know if any of those teams, like, I mean, maybe the Celtics, if everything comes together, and uh, Brad Stevens, you know does the coaching job of a lifetime, maybe they have a chance. I mean, they're a very interesting team to me, but I just have no idea. We don't really know yeah, how even that any of those pieces like, are going to fit. feels like a long shot. Yeah, we just and we also just don't know. Like, you know, a lot of guys got a lot of minutes last season. Who It's just going to be a lot harder this season. I mean, the, the, the playing time for, I mean, just Jalen Brown versus, you know, Gordon Hayward versus Jason Tatum. They, they almost have the too many guys problem, right? Well, I mean, we'll start you know, Rosier. Embarrassment of riches. Rosier, Brown, Hayward. I mean, the guy who's going to lose minutes is, is uh, Marcus Morris. But you're going to start Rogier? No. Did I say Rosier? I meant Irving. Yeah. Sorry, you, sorry. Okay, I was like, what? It's <laughs> a bold move. That is a bold, bold move, uh, my friend. Irving, yeah, Brown, Irving. Hayward, Tatum, yeah. Horford. Horford, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Marcus then, Smart, yeah, who just signed that contract. Marcus Smart will be coming off the bench. Yeah, and he's going to be grumpy. Yeah, I mean, but we'll see. He knows he, when he signed that contract. He knew he knew the score. He knows that yeah, he plays true. with Kyrie Irving. So, and then Philly didn't really do anything. They're just hoping that you know year two Ben Simmons, right? Yeah, Philly's Philly's hoping that uh, growth is is what uh, uh, builds that team. But I mean, they got a shockingly healthy Joel Embiid. I don't know if we're going to see that again. Well, hopefully we do. I mean, I really, really hope we do because I love Joel Embiid. I'm just, uh, you know, it's just hard to believe that they'll get that lucky. Yeah, it really is. I mean, yeah, windows windows can shut like really unexpectedly, really quickly. Yeah, um, eighty six rockets. Yeah, and you got to seize opportunities when they come. I mean, I guess that's why I like what the Raptors did. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm sort of talking myself into it. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, that's probably why I'm not an NBA GM. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's yeah. the only reason. Fortune, uh, fortune favors the bold, and it's certainly an extremely bold move. But uh, yeah, but we salute you, Masai Ojiri. You are a uh, risk taker and a badass. <laughs> Just as uh, yeah, from a pure fan perspective, uh, movement is always fun, especially when teams feel kind of stagnant. And totally, that Raptors team was getting to be a real chore to watch even though they were pretty good last year uh i can't say that i really enjoyed uh ever watching them play no and i mean you know i i like it when nice things happen for canada so i hope the team's great hooray canada <laughs> we on the rules love you canada or at least i do i don't know how you i actually don't know how you feel about canada canada's great canada you know, is when great. i when i live in vermont um first of all, my sister-in-law's canadian uh or yeah, one of my go. sister-in-laws i should say um it's, is it sisters-in-law or sister-in-laws? I think it's sisters-in-law, like attorneys general. Okay. Um, anyway, one of them is Canadian. Uh, and when I lived in Vermont, uh, uh, where not a lot of like great bands came through, anytime there was like a show that we absolutely had to go see, we'd, we'd drive up to Montreal. It's about a two-hour drive. Beautiful city. Great people. Great food. Always a good time. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I grew up you know, like an hour from Canada and uh, went there a lot as a, as a child. You're or as basically a young Canadian. <laughs> I'm basically, yeah. I, I always say I'm like half Canadian. Uh, 
you know, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I have to say, people from British Columbia are always like, yeah, that makes sense. And people from, uh, from Toronto are like, what? Vancouver's not even Canada. <laughs> uh, moving on. Um, the only other piece of news I want to talk about, and there's probably going to be more to say about this uh, when free agency is over and something officially happens, but uh, what, do you, what do you make of what's going on with uh, Carmelo right now? What is going on? So he's, he's been bought out? He, yeah, so he got traded to the Hawks, and I yeah. think they, they bought out his contract. Or they bought him out or whatever they needed to do. Yeah, now he's a and free agent. Why um, hasn't he signed with it? Why I thought he was going to the Rockets. Well, that's what everyone's saying, but... I mean, if you're Daryl Morey, and Carmelo's made it clear that he wants to start. Yeah, he doesn't want to. He's, he will not come off the bench. Yeah. Not happily. He didn't look great last year. I mean, if you were Daryl Morey, would you sign him? Well, is it... Let me ask you a follow-up question to that. Am I Daryl? Am I my opinion of what Daryl Morey would do, or am I me and Daryl Morey's job? You and Daryl Morey's job. Uh, no. But I think Daryl Morey will do it because Daryl Morey's attitude is you just sign t- stars and figure it out. Yeah, but, like, he wasn't great last year. Yeah, but he's still Carmelo F. Anthony. <laughs> and and I think, you know, you could pretty easily talk yourself into the idea that, you know, it's a Victor Oladipo situation, if you will. What do you mean? That, that he that playing next to uh, Russell Westbrook make, makes people makes people look significantly worse than they are. Yeah, that's that's definitely that's definitely a possibility. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know either. We can't know. I. Uh, but I'm excited to find out. Uh, yeah, like Carmelo, like it's been a really, really interesting couple of years for him. Uh, I think it was on the low post they were talking about how that that year that he almost looked like an MVP candidate. And the Knicks won like sixty games. That was like five years ago. Uh, That's crazy. It is uh, crazy. The, what was that? The first year, the year after Amari joined the team, or uh, I think it was after Amari left. Oh, because the, they had one great year with Amari, right? Where they won like fifty-five games. Yeah, but you're not talking about that year. Maybe I am. I mean, it's, it's all kind of a haze now. It is, really. I mean, I've paid as little attention as possible to the Knicks over the last, like, <laughs> every year. I, I've ne- I have never understood, I, I mean, maybe in the 90s, but it, it's since, like, the turn of the century, I just have not understood why anyone talks about the Knicks. It's like, oh. It's, the, it's like the same reason that people talk about the Lakers, even when they're bad. Yeah, but the thing is, the Lakers have so much. I mean, the last, the Knicks have won, like, two championships ever. Like, I don't understand. Like, they're in New York. I get that. But they're not – everyone talks like they're this – such an important team to the league. And I'm like, why? They, they, they've been bad for, like, most of the time, you know. I mean, they haven't won a title since 73. They only won two in 70 and 73. Right? They have an extremely devoted uh, They have a very, 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 very devoted fan base. They have it's a the biggest, fan base and biggest the best market. Arena. Great arena, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but they're just like – as a team – you know what I mean? They're just like they're not. I mean, the, the 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 two teams for the NBA, like every sport has their, you know, the Yankees and the Red Sox. The teams for the uh, NBA are the Celtics and the Lakers. Uh huh. Like that's, that's just, and I mean, number two, number three would probably be the Bulls, or maybe now it's the Warriors. I don't know. But yeah, maybe it's because so much media comes out of New York. 
Um, yeah, I don't know. That that does matter. Yeah, that's true. It's just you, you know what I'm saying. Like I just always felt like they got a little more oxygen than it made any sense to me. Like man, I guess it's just because they're in New York, but they've been they've been awful for so long. You're right. I mean, if if you if they were just like switched bodies, <laughs> uh, so to speak, with like the Raptors, and that was yeah. like the last like ten years of their history. Maybe it would justify all the attention they get. Yeah, then it would make sense. It's like, oh, yeah, okay, you haven't won anything, but you've been, like, consistently really good, and you're in, like, this amazing market, and you, uh, you know, you're, like, a super relevant team or whatever. I get that. But it's just, like, they've just been terrible for pretty much ever. I mean, I, I know they were good in the 90s, but they, they were not that good. I mean, you They know, made a finals? They did make a finals. They made That's two true. finals, right? They made... Did they make two finals? They lost... They made it. No, they made they made the finals in ninety nine. Oh, ninety four. Yeah, ninety four and ninety nine. Yeah, because yeah. ninety four finals, they lost to the Rockets in seven. Right. All right. So okay, but since two thousand, since since ninety nine, basically. Uh huh. I mean, like when was the last? I mean, you know, they've made a couple. I think they've won one playoff game, one playoff I, series. They won a series. They won a series against Boston. Okay, like that's not great. Yeah. I think maybe part of it is like, I think you're kind of demonstrating what you're talking about because we were having mm-hmm. a conversation about Carmelo Anthony, and now you're on a five minute tangent about the Knicks. Wait, what am I? What am I demonstrating? That there's a reason that people yeah, talk about okay. this team. Fair enough. Fair enough. It's something that it's its own momentum, like keeps it going. I guess. Did you know Carmelo Anthony made the All-Star game every year from 2012 to 2017? That's pretty impressive, but also deserved. Yeah, it's just I you don't even you know, he's fallen so fast that it's kind of almost almost hard to remember that. Yeah, it's not that long ago. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's really not. That's like 2 years ago. <laughs> yeah, it, <laughs> maybe it is maybe it will be like an old depot situation. Like maybe you know, Russell Westbrook is such a uh, a unique player who yeah who yeah. does not really allow people to flourish unless it's Kevin Durant or you have to be like Stephen Adams. Well, and, and he, he didn't even let Kevin Durant. You just can't stop Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's got to be someone like Kevin Durant. Or by the way, who do you think in the Knicks history made the most three pointers? Uh, man, I'm sure it's someone in the last five years. No, Mm-mm. really, no. I don't know who. John Starks. Really? Yeah. Wow. I guess if I thought about that, I could have guessed it. Carmelo is number three. That says to me a lot about the sorry state of the Knicks in the 21st century. Because, you know, the the, the volume of, of three-point shooting is, is so much higher in the modern NBA. If you're leading three-point shooter is a guy from the 90s, that means that you haven't had a decent three-point shooter stick around for a few seasons. Yeah, I think it's also a bad sign that number seven and number eight on their all-time list are J.R. Smith and Nate Robinson. <laughs> Actually, how, number four is Jamal Crawford. How many total does uh, does uh, Starks have? 982. And he was with the Knicks for how many years? John Starks played with the Knicks for eight, nine years. Well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, you know... 982, that's what, like, two and a half years of Curry? <laughs> yeah, but in, in <laughs> but an But, I mean, era, that, that's, a, that's unfair. Yeah. That's obviously unfair. I mean, that was, you know. 
cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so Carmelo uh, still kind of in the wind. Uh, people seem to think he's going to go to Houston. Uh, man, that would be weird. Uh, the Houston situation, man, that's like kind of like a, it was over before it started thing. It's starting to look like. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think people talk about windows, and they may have had a one season window, but we, yeah. you know, we could also it, it could also be uh, April, and we're going, man, how wrong were we? Carmel will be starting in the uh, All Star Game over he'll Kevin win, Durant. He'll, yeah, he'll win All Star Game MVP. Yeah, and we will look like real dumb dumbs. I mean, was he like thirty two? It's not that old. He's not that old. Yeah, I mean, he he, but you know, there are guys. And sometimes people just kind of fall off a cliff. He's 34, but sometimes people just do kind of kind of fall. And, I mean, yeah. his game has always been kind of uh, uh, hard to kind of fit people around, right? I mean, a lot of ISO. He's not yeah, exactly the, where the, the Knicks had it kind of figured out for a while, but I think part of it was just that he was at the, the absolute peak of his power. Yeah. And uh, that's not really the case anymore, at least – it doesn't seem to be. Carmelo Anthony's father, by the way, also named Carmelo, but he's not a junior. That's fascinating. Yeah, interesting, interesting facts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, if I like, if you could put Carmelo Anthony on any team uh, where he could start. And maybe rehabilitate his career. Where, where would you put him? Oh God, Portland. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, uh, Sacramento Kings. I don't know. Um, I mean, I don't know. I don't have a lot of love for Carmelo's game at this point. Sure. So I don't. I don't really know. I mean, I, I think I'm gonna look. I'll look foolish. Actually, I kind of think it'd be cool if he had gone back to Denver. To be honest with you. Yeah, that could be neat. Yeah, I think it'd be cool if he yeah. if he went back to Denver, but and maybe if he grew the braids out again. Like that I really want awesome. like 2007 Carmelo. Back. You want him to have like a midlife crisis. I do I want him to be like I'm gonna just just pretend it it's still 2000 you know 2009 or something like that. You know, man, he was in Denver for a long time. I know he's been around forever. Um, well, yeah, he's. I mean, he came in the league same year as LeBron. Yeah, but 2003 to 2011, he was with the Nuggets. That's so. Yeah. That is so crazy. Um yeah. The uh you know what is happening with right him right now his his refusal to uh come off the bench and his insistence. It's so weird. Yeah. Well, I mean we've seen this time and time again. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't um, I mean maybe it's cuz I'm not a professional basketball player but I just don't get it. Like, well, I think you know these guys have huge egos, you know. They work really yeah. hard and when it starts to fade they don't they don't, they don't always deal with it. acknowledge yeah. it. I mean, the, the classic example is Kobe. You know, in the last, you know, he had oh, the, God, yeah. that terrible injury, but he was—he just had so much power within that organization. He was able to kind of like keep that going. And, and Carmelo doesn't have that leverage with any team, so it's a—it's—it's it's a really, really interesting situation. You know, and maybe not one of of great consequence to the season, but it's still uh, very, very interesting to me. Uh. I agree. Cool. Did you so, see that Jimmer Fredette dropped 41 points in a TBT game? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> who I just like cares? seeing the name Jimmer Fredette again. I'm like, it, what the hell? It's a great name. Jimmer is an awesome name. 
Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's such a great name. Um, uh, so moving on. Uh, movie club. Movie club. We need. We need. I gotta talk to my little brother. We need a theme song for movie club. Um, oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> movie club. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So we week three movie. of movie club. We've watched uh, Uncle Drew. Yeah. I liked it. You loved it. Yeah. We saw Eddie. We both uh, did not like it. Both say that's a pretty hard pass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, this week we watched Above the Rim. You watched it earlier today. I did. I mean, I'd seen it before, but yes, I watched it earlier today. I hadn't seen it in a really long time. Oh, okay. I, I forgot. So you had seen it before. A long, long time ago. Okay. I, it was my uh, first time. Uh, I, I, I will be honest with you. The only part of the movie I remembered, I realized when I started watching it was the tournament at the end. Well, let's I not get like, ahead of ourselves. <laughs> well, I just, I'm just telling you, I, we could get there, but I'm just saying that was the yeah, only yeah. part I remembered. I didn't remember, for example, that Marlon Wayans or Bernie Mac were in the movie. Or, uh, the guy who played, uh, Ian Oh, I know. Barstow. Yeah. But I didn't even yeah. know who he was. Yeah. Cause this movie's from 94, but yeah. Um, it has a really, uh, really Avon from cast. the wire. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it really great does. Cast. It's it's a shockingly good cast. Um, hang on, I gotta pull out my notes. I took his name notes. is Wood Harris, by the way, the guy yeah. from uh, The Wire. Wood Harris, yeah, he's and he's great. So I didn't he's realize great. he's played basketball, and uh, he's uh, towards the end of the film, he basically is uh, playing um, on the, uh, the the rival team to the film's hero, and he's. Uh, He's really good. I mean, obviously, you know, there, there, it's, it's. There's probably a little bit of Hollywood trickery and magic in there, but he's a, a very. Uh, yeah, very I was wondering impressive. if they were playing uh, with lowered rims. Who knows? That would be quite ironic, given the title of the film. <laughs> uh, so this movie, uh, man, there's so many angles with this film. I guess the first thing I want to say is like. This movie is a movie that, even though I'd never seen it, it's impossible to forget uh, its existence if you're our age because the uh, the big single from the soundtrack was one of the most ubiquitous songs of uh, of the 90s. Uh, Regulate. Regulators! Yeah. Warren G and Nate Dogg. Uh, sampling the classic Michael McDonald, I keep forgetting every time you're near. Yeah. Uh, also samples Sign of the Times. The Prince song? The Bob James song that uh, was it recorded by Prince? Uh, Prince has a song called Sign of the Times. Yeah, I know. I'm not sure if it's the same song or not. Uh, and then uh, also apparently Let It Ride by, or Let Me Ride by Dr. Dre. Well, yeah, of course, Let Me Ride by Dr. Dre. All right, put away your Wikipedia and let's just have a conversation. <laughs> I love, listen, I love this song. It is one of my all-time favorite songs. It's a it's a great single. Uh, it really captures that era of music. It's like, it's it's it is sort of like the quintessential uh, 90s West Coast hip-hop single uh, in a lot of ways. It's It's got, it's got the sound, uh, it's got a great hook. Um, if you speaking of Wikipedia, if you go to the Wikipedia page, uh, 
there's a summary of the plot of the song. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I just want to read. It's it's only three paragraphs, and it's only probably about like nine sentences. But I'm just going to read this second paragraph, which consists of a, a few sentences. Cause it's so funny. Um, uh, second paragraph, which is, I guess, the second verse. It says, Meanwhile, Nate Dog is looking for Warren G. He passes a car full of women who are so fixated on him that they crash their car. He finds Warren G and shoots at the robbers, dispersing them. The two friends then return to the woman and ride away with them. (laughs) (laughs) I read that and I was like, man, I've probably heard this song 100, 200, 300 times. uh, And I never really thought of it that way. My favorite part of the same article is uh, the lyrics have been described as a surreal pastiche of half-sung lyrics about fighting and uh, copulating, we'll say. Sure. Yeah. That's yeah. that's probably a little bit more accurate. <laughs> <laughs> also, it's apparently uh, considered a Yacht Rock song, which I totally am okay with. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, know. Michael McDonald, obviously, like yeah. the Yacht Rock king. He's the king of Yacht Rock. Yeah. But like, what's, oh what's man, this big it, song that I love, uh, Michael McDonald. Yeah, uh, he has a lot of songs. I don't know what is that one song. You know, he plays on Aya. On, I'm sorry, Asia. I know. Yeah, he does. Yeah, I don't know why I always say Aya, but it's Asia. It's Asia, the Steely Deanna album. Yes, he does. They uh, literally say Asia in that song like every five seconds. I know. We 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 spent quite a bit talking about this. Yeah, it's you are having a hard time there. focusing, my friend. Uh, I am tired. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. Let's talk it's about like the doing movie. a basketball co- podcast with a like a twelve year old who forgot to take his riddle in. <laughs> uh, above yeah, the so, rim, everybody. We so yeah, the film. The I think the, again, the first thing that that I think of when I think of this film uh, is that song. And uh, for for those who are younger than us and don't remember, th- this song was like uh, you know it was one of those. It was like on MTV. You know, every hour it was constantly on the radio. Everyone loved it. People sang it because it had a very catchy uh, whistle-based hook, uh, and it had uh, extremely memorable lyrics. Also, Nate Dogg uh, was somehow associated with Snoop Dogg, which uh, was a really big deal to us back then. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was it was a huge, 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 huge song. Um, Generally speaking, the soundtrack to this movie is excellent. It is yes, just a, a a a phenomenal phenomenal soundtrack. There are so many great songs, uh, some of which I knew, some of which I didn't. Uh, it is interesting though, because the film, correct me if I'm wrong, is set in New York. Correct. And then the soundtrack is all like West Coast hip hop. It is odd. It's a it's but a I weird it's because Tupac's in the in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a weird juxtaposition because at that time, uh, most of the people in the film would not have been listening to uh, all that West Coast hip hop. Yeah, um, I was from the suburbs in Massachusetts. We did not care East Coast West Coast. We just liked good music. But uh, but in New York, they uh, definitely took that a little bit more seriously. Um, so yeah, uh, first thing to say about the film is it's just just a phenomenal, phenomenal soundtrack, and I encourage anyone uh, uh, to just just find it somewhere 
and uh, check it out. Um, so <laughs> the film opens with one of the silliest things I've ever seen in a movie. Uh, <laughs> it's like... Wait, do, do, do you want to start by saying whether you liked the movie? <laughs> I, I, I'll get to that. Oh, okay, excuse me. But it was it's an extremely inauspicious beginning. And when, when I saw the first scene, I had to immediately pause it and look it up online to 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 see if I actually understood the context. So basically there's the film sort of has two main characters, or at least there's like a, a protagonist and then there's like a, a, a like a sub protagonist. There's a, a Kyle Lee Watson who's sort of a young uh, uh, high school star basketball player um, who gets mixed up with some bad dudes. Uh, and then the other sort of pr- protagonist uh, is is a character named Shep, who uh, is a former uh, basketball star who uh, becomes involved both with Kyle's mom and also Kyle trying to sort of guide him on the right path as he's uh, uh, in jeopardy of you know, kind of jeopardizing his future uh, with his associations and uh, misdeeds. Um, the film opens up with a sort of uh, Shep having a nightmare. <laughs> so it's a flashback. So it's a flashback, but he's dreaming. You know, he's 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 remembering. Yeah, he's, it he's remembering. In we're, we're learning about his past. Yeah. So this character is very stoic and very serious. Uh, and they gave him a tragic backstory. <laughs> I can I can't get this out. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. So the tragic backstory is that he was playing basketball on a rooftop with a friend of his, <laughs> and he kept taunting him, saying that he couldn't jump high enough to hit the rim and his friend is like i'll show you (laughs) he goes to try to jump and hit the rim and he misses and he jumps off the building and dies (laughs) that is i love how funny you find this dude it is so dumb yeah (laughs) i thought have you ever seen garth Marenghi's dark place uh i don't know uh you would know it if you saw it it was straight out of that or uh did you ever watch walk hard the dewey cox story oh yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. remember when he like uh cuts his brother in half in the beginning of the movie and they like they're basically making fun of like tragedies and movies like that that, Uh It it reminded me a lot of that scene i was like arc arc can you acknowledge to me that it is a extremely silly, uh, misguided attempt to give that character sort of like a, a hauntedness? Oh yeah, no, it's it, <laughs> in a movie in a movie that is mostly you know kind of gritty, uh-huh. you know, in a movie that it, it's it can be pretty, you know, it's kind of an. A, kind of a you know it's it's a little goofy the movie but uh, you know it's 94 but it's got kind of yeah. that kind of uh 90s urban you know uh grit to it that yeah. is a ridiculous uh reason for this guy to act the way he does 
I mean, it's just so ludicrous. Uh, and and it, it reminded me, honestly, it reminded me of Uncle Drew. I was like, this is about as good. I mean, like the Uncle Drew guy maybe had a better uh, reason for, for his attitude than this sure. did. Like, sure. It's just ridiculous. Like, what are you, why are you playing on the roof of a building? Why is there even a basketball hoop on the roof of the building? And if there was, they'd obviously put a fence around it. They would put a fence around it. He jumps. lose the ball. And he People... goes through a window? Or I couldn't even tell. Any... Anyway, he ends up on the ground. He dies. I mean, it's he dies. Like, yeah. it's. It is it is ridiculous, and, and it really connects it not at all to the rest of the movie. Like, the, there's nothing else like that in the movie. Like, the whole yeah. rest of the movie. And it, l- l- listen, this movie, which I thoroughly enjoyed, I'll, I'm going to start with that. Okay. I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. I I I, I enjoyed watching it, but it, it has some flaws. Sure. It yeah. it the storyline doesn't really come together. There's a lot of missing exposition, like. There's a lot of moments where I feel like someone could have said something and it would have made the movie make way more sense. Like the fact that um, Kyle never really has any idea who this dude is. The Like Shep. Oh, Shep, yeah. Like why he matters. Like no one, the coach is not like, yeah, by the way, that dude was like the star in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. Like nobody ever says to him that dude. Like he's just like, you can't play basketball. You're a rent-a-cop. But it's like, no, dude, the dude was like, like a super legit a basketball player and no one is like by the way yeah <laughs> you know like they're all supposed to and i mean like in the final game someone's like oh my god this is like seeing a ghost by the way but we're still never this movie for people who care about the ending of uh above the rim are we i thought we were in full-on we spoil things okay I mean, just in case you don't know if just, you just, just don't listen to this part we will do nothing of relevance after this so if you don't want above the rim spoiled you can stop listening to the show oh, now <laughs> and come back after you watch the movie and you should watch the movie because it is you know tupac it's got some uh like a haunting uh uh you know i mean tupac gets shot in the movie yeah which was like kind of by marlon wayans by marlon wayans <laughs> which i did not see coming uh, I was really happy that that Shep lived. By the way, I was I was like, man, are they really going to end the movie that way? That's so dumb. And then he was fine, and I was like, okay, that's cool. But yeah, like, I like uh, that actor a lot. I thought he was yeah, great. He was great. I like the mom. Like the mom is I good. That all the individual pieces of the movie were pretty great to me. Bernie Mac is really good in it. What's up? Bernie Mac is really good in it. Yeah, Bernie, yeah. I thought the acting was good. I thought the story was relatively good. It it, it had some like it needed maybe some some kind of. Manip- you know a little more f- tying it together but it was it was pretty good uh and the main and the basketball scenes were unlike eddie uh pretty good although i think it's really funny that nobody in the movie really shoots jumpers until the guy from the Except 70s shows up yeah. chef yeah. at the end like nobody <laughs> shoots jumpers it's all like layups and dunks yeah right yeah. but uh but i mean i thought in general it was pretty good uh but it it is you know there are i mean i don't know what did you think so i really enjoyed this film um yeah i would go so far as to say uh that it's probably my favorite of the three movies that we've watched so far oh wow Um, okay it made me extremely nostalgic for that era it reminded me a a lot of uh just the whole vibe really felt like a lot of you know i watched a lot of those movies those kinds of movies um when I was like in middle school and high school, um, and it uh, it just it just reminded me of that era. Uh, I thought, yeah, the story is like is not great, and there are a lot of like uh, weird logical things in the plot that are like. So Tupac is a 
like sort of this gang leader. That he's like wants... a low rent drug dealer, right? Yeah, like maybe a, he's got a rent. little bit more power than that. You know, he's got yeah. he's got people that sort of. Uh... He's got funk flunkies, a couple flunkies. Yeah, he's got flunkies, and uh, one of them played by uh, uh, what's his face from uh, Wood the Harris. Wire? Wood Harris, yeah. Um, so the story sort of culminates with this uh, uh, basketball tournament where. Tupac, who's way too short to play basketball, and is just on the sidelines coaching. <laughs> I like that they don't pretend that yeah. he can play basketball, but they do pretend that his brother is like, you know, six amazing, years taller yeah. than him. Yeah, <laughs> and ten years older than him. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so uh, the the kind of the 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 main hero of the movie who is he's kind of led astray by Tupac and sort of runs with his crew for a bit and jeopardizes his future. He kind of, by the end of the movie, sees the error of his ways and decides to play on a rival basketball team uh, uh, in this tournament, which seems to really, really matter to all the characters for reasons that are not at all apparent. I think it's supposed to be the Rucker. Yeah, yeah. I and think they just it is never too. say that. Like I think it's supposed to be like the biggest tournament in Harlem. Although I find it really interesting that the two primary coaches are Tupac and the coach of the high school basketball team. Yeah, who's like reminded me a lot of like a low rent Dennis Farina. <laughs> yeah, who's the coach <laughs> yeah. in Eddie. Um, yeah, it's a little. He was little. probably the worst actor in the whole movie. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Although I, I mean, I did enjoy him. Uh, yeah, he was fine, and I liked yeah. the character. You know. Right, exactly, and I liked how much he was working to help Shep, and I liked, I liked that he didn't, you know, take the. I liked that he was like kind of like an Eddie, uh, the main guy. His his primary issue is that he refuses to play uh, team basketball because he wants to be drafted by George. He wants to be signed yeah. by uh, very very similar to the the uh, the star player in Eddie. Yeah, yeah, and um, I, did you feel like it was a little convenient or easy that? I mean, I guess what really wait, got wait, him... Wait, wait, I... let, let me finish my thought, because I, oh, I want to... I'm sorry. I'm very sorry. I'm very so sorry. anyway, it's it's Kyle, the hero's team, versus uh, Tupac's team, led by Wood Harris. And... Right. Who's just t- taking people out. Yeah, he's taking people out. Uh, Shep shows up, says, put me in the game, yeah. when one of the players on, on the team is injured, and he helps them win the game. And he's... Yeah. He's great. He's actually really fun to watch. All, all, all the basketball porn at the end of the movie... I loved. I yeah, really, really love those scenes. Um, so they win, and Tupac gets all mad, and he's like, he goes to to Mota is a character that Wood Harris plays, and he's like, take him out. Uh, so immediately, this guy walks up to Kyle Lee Watson in broad daylight in front of hundreds of people, and tries to take him out, and it's like, and then immediately gets shot by police, and it's right. like. You know this guy. You know where he lives. You live in the same neighborhood. You know all his friends. You can do this anytime. Why did you completely screw yourself over by doing it in broad daylight immediately? Like, I know you're mad, but are you that mad? It made no sense to me. Sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going <laughs> to I was going to say that it it so so um the Kyle guy the the kid he is not a team player and he's gonna play on tupac's team for the money and whatnot and the coolness uh and to score with uh chicks and stuff and then um 
he gets a double whammy. He finds out that <clears throat> that the guy who runs his team, Tupac, has murdered this homeless guy that he would always fight with. Yeah, played and by then Bernie he, Mac. Played by played excellently by Bernie Mac. Yeah, and then uh, and then finally, although he Shep, had the whitest teeth of any crackhead I've ever seen. That is a good point. Uh, and then and then Shep is like, it's time for us to play basketball finally, and they play, and then he's like calling out so so shep wins and then he calls out and then uh kyle's like i owe you and shep's like you owe me not so shouting to his dead teammate yeah you, you hear that he owes me yeah by and the way Kyle's the guy looking, who accidentally jumped off a building his name is nutso right right and kyle is like just looking at him like uh like oh this is deep even though he has no idea who that is or why and mm-hmm. why he's yelling, and it probably would just seem like he was be like he was a crazy person, especially because sure. he's already yeah. seen him playing yeah. basketball with no basket or with no ball at like in the middle of the night. And then, uh, and then he's like, "Do I do I owe it to you? Do I owe it to you?" And then he says, "Like think about that or something like that." And that's what makes Kyle, first of all, go back to his high school coach's uh, tournament team, team yeah. but also immediately becomes a completely team oriented player. And by the way, uh, got was waiting for this like letter of intent or whatever from Georgetown. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the last time the Georgetown scouts saw him play, he was like at every, every game was the game where he had the meltdown because his mom was dating this, uh, this Shep guy yeah. and, uh, and like freaked out and got kicked out of the game and like threw a chair at someone. Yeah. And that's the last time the scouts saw him. But when he decides to come back to his coach, the coach is like, Oh, by the way, I got this letter from you from Georgetown. The timing is, a little suspicious well it's just he, the, the scout never saw him play again so it's like <laughs> well we don't know we, no we, we do know that's the last time he saw him maybe you're right it's just i'm saying listen i really like this movie i think it's great i really enjoyed it there are a ton of uh of plot holes yeah the, the plotting is not great and uh, and yeah, yeah the the there is character growth, which is you know something you want to see in any movie, both on the part of Shep and Kyle. But like, yeah, with Kyle, it is like immediate. He sees <laughs> the error of his ways and is and immediately just, like a boom, completely he's different best. human being. Yeah, yeah. Um, Shep, it's a little bit more of a slow burn. It basically comes down to the mom doesn't want to date him anymore because he Cause didn't have runner. her son's back, and he's like, he's a oh, runner. Like, I guess I better be a better person. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess I guess I better jump in front of a bullet and get <laughs> shot. But despite all its flaws, this is a really fun movie. Oh yeah. It, yeah, 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 great. Again, it's 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 really of its time in in the best possible way. It's just got a great soundtrack. I uh, there was like a sign for British Knights uh, at the uh, at the tournament. I haven't thought of British Knights in twenty years. You know. Uh, yeah, that's right. Damn, I forgot that even existed. Even now, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, there's a scene where Shep is in the car on the way to the tournament, or maybe it's before he decides to go to the tournament. And there are these two guys on a basketball court. Oh yeah, uh huh. Jumping, doing <laughs> jumping exactly up and tapping what... a backboard, and he totally yeah. like freaks out. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what he had done with his friend, except it's they're doing the it in the daytime and on the ground. You know, like you would actually do. <laughs> uh, uh, that's great. And then also when the dad is teaching the kid to play and he's like, mom's going to give you dessert. Oh, God. If right. you snap your, if you snap your. Wrist. Yeah, that's so cute. And then at the end, he's like, I, what were you thinking about when you hit that shot? I was thinking I needed to spread my fingers and snap my wrist. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 
It's just um, a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot. It's a really fun movie. Uh, it's got a great cast. I mean, it really goes to show, like, like a, a good cast can go a long way. Like, I wonder if Eddie had the exact same script and the exact same plot, and it was just, like, all these charismatic performers instead of, you know... <laughs> keep you Obviously, you would keep Whoopi. you keep Whoopi, but I mean, like, yeah, go. like, the whole team. Um, basically, the players, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie's just, like, fun. The soundtrack is amazing. Um, it invokes a lot of nostalgia, and it's just a lot of fun. Um it does bring me to my key question. And I asked you yesterday, do you remember the question I asked you to ponder as you watch the film? And we should probably close on this because we're over an hour and I'm so tired. It's so late. Um, is there, do you think, <laughs> any thematic meaning to Above the Rim? Like, there's obviously the literal meaning of the title. but You like, mean the title? Yeah. Uh, what would the thematic meaning be in your mind? I wanted to ask you about this. This is why I'm asking you, because, like, I feel like when you name a movie something like that, it usually does have a double meaning, right? But Often. Sorry, go ahead. Often. Often. But in this instance, I really couldn't think of what it was. Uh, no, I don't think it does. I mean, I guess the idea is that that uh he, the that the guy that the guy died trying to get above the rim. Yeah. Maybe but no, I think it's just they were like what's a good name for a basketball movie? <laughs> Cuz it really has nothing to do like it's not even a like yeah, the, I, I think the, right. I think the primary player in the game is. is a point guard. Yeah. Like, but he does dunk. He does dunk, but he's not like the movie's not really about that. It did by the way the movie did pretty well. Like only cost six and a half million to make, and it made like sixteen million. That's pretty I good. Like, yeah, I think anything over a double is like where you start to be considered a success, right? And in '94, yeah, that was that was definitely something that a studio. Would, it's funny if a, if a movie, you know, that would be considered like an indie movie today, for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah, definitely. Uh, but uh, I, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that it meant anything. No. Okay. By the way, the movie holds a 53% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. I saw that. I was really surprised that it did so poorly with critics. because I'm not that surprised. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of a mess. And also, it was kind of a weird era. It's very I mean, entertaining, though. <laughs> I, I mean, listen. I, I will say this. The, the critic score is 53%. The audience score, 83%. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, um, I think it is a, a great, great fun. And I... Uh, we, we barely even have talked about the fact that... You know, Tupac Shakur, you know, one of the absolute legend is in this oh, film. Yeah. And although yeah. he does have a really uh, comically large <laughs> scar in his face. <laughs> like, like such a ridiculous scar that is never addressed. Yeah. And I guess the idea is just that it proves that he's hard. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but like, it's, it is absolutely ludicrous. And uh, just, I mean, just, just completely ridiculous. But... Uh, I, I thought he was good. I, I really love Tupac. I mean, I'm a uh, like an old school Tupac fan. Yeah, he's um, great. and I love his acting as well. And yeah. I just think he was he was great. It was great. He was great. He uh, kind of like yeah, he's so charismatic, you know. And I I, I also love Tupac. Um, you know, the the kind of the two main Tupac albums are, are just both like uh, classics. Yeah, so many great songs. Uh, he was such a talent and. You know, you watch a movie like this, and it just reminds you all over again, like, why this guy 
was so successful and why he was so captivating. The guy just is, is you know, he's just, it's just, well, he's just one of those like absolutely magnetic personalities, and you just feel like you could watch him do anything. <laughs> Completely agreed. Yeah. Let me ask you a question before we wrap up today. Okay. What movie are we going to watch next? <sighs> yeah, I feel like I picked the first two. Uh, I mean, I guess we both picked Uncle Drew, but I picked the last two. So what, 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 whatever you'd want to watch, I'm, I'm, I'm down for. Oh man, and we should pick it because we do call them out on the podcast. I'm saying case. we gotta pick people excited, you know. Although I got a feeling that not a single person has watched any of the movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's hard to even find Eddie. I mean, this one you could just rent on iTunes, but Eddie was actually like a trouble to to track down. Eddie is a real, real tough one. Um, yeah, for good reason. <laughs> it uh, should stay where it is. <laughs> This isn't really fun to listen to, so I guess I'll just say, let's watch Space Jam. No, just kidding. I hate that movie. Um, let's do uh, Teen Wolf. Yeah, let's do Teen Wolf. That's great. I'm excited. I love Teen Wolf. I was going to say White I've Men Can't Wolf Jump, but times. I feel like we have to save that, because that's no, we, that, we, the we best one. Yeah, that should be like last. So next week, uh, we'll do Teen Wolf, and then is next week's, uh, I believe, Free Agency is over as of August, right? So maybe next week we can do the... Uh... Oh, we could do our, our... So we're going to do a thing where we go around the league and look at everyone's record from last season and guess whether or not... We're going to make predictions on the record of whether we think people will win, teams will win more or less games, and then we can kind of keep track of that over the season to see how wrong we were. Yeah, do you want to do that next week? Let's do it. Or the way we've been going, you want to do it in, in five weeks? Whenever we record again. <laughs> when we say next week, you all understand we mean next episode. <laughs> But All we'll right. do our best. All right. Um, what a great, what a great time. Yeah, above the rim. Highly, highly recommend it. I think yeah, go watch uh, it, everybody. It's, yeah. it's a lot of fun. I think it's great. Um, cool. Well, uh, you get some sleep, my friend, and you I will uh, hopefully see you pretty soon. Yeah, sounds good. Bye, everybody.